It's the Code St. Luke podcast, where you'll hear interesting topics and people brought together through the Code St. Luke Public Library. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Kathy Diamond, and I am back again this afternoon on behalf of the Eleanor London Code St. Luke Public Library with a short book presentation. The book that I will be speaking about today is called The Beekeeper of Aleppo by British novelist and creative writing teacher Christy Lefteri. This is Ms. Lefteri's second novel. Christy Lefteri grew up in the shadow of trauma. Her parents fled Cyprus after the Turkish invasion in 1970. And though they, Cypriot refugees that they had become, eventually made it to the United Kingdom, they couldn't, couldn't help but bring their pain with them. When my dad finally got to the UK... Lefteri recalls, my grandma said that she didn't recognize him and that he had blood in his eyes. I don't know what she meant by that, if she meant that his eyes were bloodshot or if she saw something in his eyes that she didn't recognize from before. The opening sentence of the novel comes from this. The book opens with the following sentence. I am scared of my wife's eyes. She can't see out and no one can see in. Look, they are like stones, gray stones, sea stones. Look at her. Look how she is sitting on the edge of the bed. This is how the book begins. This narrative voice, which we're going to find out is the is the voice of the one of the two main characters, a man called Nuri. He begins with this description of his wife's eyes. A very powerful sentence and one that pulls the reader into the story. Christy Lefteri has won the third annual Aspen Words Literary Prize for this novel. The Beekeeper of Aleppo traces the path of a pair of refugees, husband and wife, whose lives have been shattered by the years-long war in Syria and who have little hope to guide them, but a cousin who awaits them in the UK. What was the inspiration for this novel? In the summer of 2016, Christy Lefteri traveled to Athens, where she spent two months volunteering. She volunteered at a center for women and children who had been displaced by the Syrian war. Each day, she served tea and biscuits to more than a hundred people. At the end of the afternoon, she would watch as fathers and sons who had waited all day for their loved ones arrived to pick up their wives and mothers and return to the makeshift homes that they lived in dotted around the Greek capital. 
I had no chance to talk to people at the start, says Christy Lefteri. I was exhausted. But I kept getting a picture of these two characters that I was going to put into my novel, and I had their names, Nuri and Afra. I kept getting a picture of them in my mind. At the beginning, I didn't know what their names would be, but I had this vision, I got no pun intended, of this blind woman stuck in the house where her son had died and a man bringing her a gift. That was the beginning of my story. Lefteri began exploring the streets of Athens, where she met men, women, and children who had arrived in Europe seeking safety. I remember one woman, she had a, one woman, says Lefteri, she had a piece of charcoal and she would draw these beautiful but dark pictures of people and places she had lost. There was a man who couldn't speak anymore, who just sat in a square in the town of, this is in Athens. He had a photograph with him of his mother and his brother. They had died during the war and he would hold this photo and it was only after a long time was he able to say, I miss you to the photograph. He wasn't able to communicate that before. After two months in Greece, Lefteri returned to her home in London for a plan, with a plan for the year ahead. She teaches creative writing, so her, her year is the school year, the academic year, but she seems that she's free in the summer to travel. So she returned a second year. But while she was there, before the next summer, she began sketching out a story of a Syrian couple caught up in the nation's conflict, while she had also decided to learn Arabic in preparation for her return trip the following summer. She hired a tutor. Her tutor was a Syrian refugee named Ibrahim, her, a language, who was going to be teaching her Arabic for these weekly language classes. And he would describe to her in detail, as they studied, as he was teaching her Arabic, his hometown of Aleppo. So there comes the setting of this story, which is called The Beekeeper of Aleppo. And um, Ms. Lefteri says, I knew that my characters, who by then had names, Nuri is the husband and Afra is the wife, that they had to go through Syria to get to Turkey. But I couldn't go to Syria to research that setting because that would not have been safe. That would have been suicide for me, she said. So my tutor and I created this alternative. Every week when we had our lesson, he would explain to me and describe to me his country and his city of Aleppo. And it was a very good, gentle process, which built the foundations of the story in my mind. We would sit there with a map and we would look through it. So the actual geography of Syria is not such a big part of the story, but to me, it's a very important part. And I wanted to get it as right as I possibly could without being able to go and see myself. Lefteri also drew on her knowledge of her parents' native Cyprus, the island of Cyprus, which lies a couple of hundred kilometers to the west of Syria. The climate in Syria and Cyprus isn't that different. The plants, the flowers, the smells, and I was familiar with that. I had been to Cyprus, so I could use that as a basis for the setting of part of the story. 
As the daughter of refugees, Lefteri's personal understanding of the trauma created by war fed into the novel she was writing. Her father was a former army officer, and he did not speak to his children of his experiences in the 1974 Cyprus War. Her mother, who also fled the country, never spoke of the war either. And this is something not only particular to these Syrian refugees or to the Cypriot refugees, but it's, it's something that many refugees, many people who leave very traumatic circumstances and situations and who've, have, who have lived through wars often are unable to speak of it. And a second generation, the children of these survivors of the trauma know that there is something there, something there that they is always with them that their parents will not speak of. It was all about starting a new life, finding work, settling and integrating, which is what survivors and refugees do if they're lucky enough to find a good place, a safe place to move to. The trauma of war, all that displacement, it kind of went underground in my home. It was like a rumbling we could feel growing up. As a child, you pick up on this, but you don't really know what you're feeling. I was trying to understand where these reactions came from. What stops people from talking about their traumas? And it's no wonder that Ms. Lefteri was interested in psychotherapy. She became a psychotherapist as well as a, as a writer and as a, a creative writing teacher. She's a psychotherapist as well. In 2017, the following summer, Lefteri returned to Athens and she found that the place where she had previously volunteered had changed from a drop-in center into an activity center. They wanted to teach people skills. Otherwise, they felt that they would just get trapped into being helped and being dependent on others. So we were teaching them English and German and Greek and we were still helping, but in a different way. She wasn't serving tea and biscuits. This way she was teaching English. As a former psychotherapist, Lefteri spent as much time as possible with Syrian women trying to understand the pain and suffering they had endured. I think that the second year when I went, the second summer I went back was when it really started to shape the story because I was teaching women, I was holding their babies and one gets a real connection. I started to see what strength and hope meant to them. I would watch the children play and I realized how their play changed as they became more settled and felt safer. Death was no longer imminent and there wasn't such a fear anymore. I remember one person telling me that their child had constantly been asking, are we going to die in the war? Are we going to die in the war? And that stayed with me. Spending long hours with these women helped Lefteri develop the character of Afra, 
her story's lead female character who was blinded following a bombing in Aleppo. So remember the opening sentence of the book, which is this, I am scared of my wife's eyes. She can't see out and no one can see in. So the main character, Nori, has been blinded following this bombing in Aleppo. She is a grieving mother who stands stoically by her husband, Nori, as he descends into despair as they travel through Turkey and Greece. And Nuri is the main character. He's the narrative voice. So we don't really understand what's happening to Nuri. I mean, we do understand that he's, as he's telling us where they go and how they escaped. And they're, and when the story opens, they're living in a bed and breakfast in a coastal town in southern England, waiting to have their hearing, their hearing with the immigration authorities. And then so the novel goes back and forth. The present day is in this bed and breakfast, which has been um, rented out by the by the government for refugees, for possible you know, new um, asylum grant, once they're granted asylum. But in the meanwhile, this is where they're living. And, and, and it go, the story goes back and forth, though, to Aleppo, beginning at when the war, the conflict started, and it describes briefly how Nuri and, and Afra lived with their son when things were good before the conflict started, and then the war breaks out, and then they have to figure out how to escape. And it goes, so it alternates between the scenes in Syria and the scenes escaping, and their present day situation when the story opens, and they're sitting there in this in this British boarding house waiting to have their immigration hearing. When I was writing about Afra, says Miss Lefteri, I thought she is very much stuck in her own mind and living through the trauma. That's why she doesn't talk a lot. In fact, she is grieving better than her husband. I think she sees more than him about their situation from the beginning. So there is this irony that that Afra is the one who has been blinded. She's physically lost her sight in this bombing. But yet Lefteri feels that she is able to see in the sense of understand more than her husband. Nuri, the husband, character took greater shape back in the UK. Once she had decided that Afra's husband would be a beekeeper, Lefteri discovered an article written by a Dr. Riyad Alsus, who was an academic who had set up Damascus University's first beekeeping program and now was living in the UK. So it's interesting. She decided her character would be a beekeeper and then she found this real beekeeper, well, this professor of beekeeping, a Syrian refugee. Um, she contacted him through Facebook and he invited her to travel to West Yorkshire and meet his family who had fled Syria in 2013. There, he introduced her to the world of beekeeping. And this she found absolutely fascinating. She said, I met the bees even without protective gear. It was a very scary experience, but there was something so knowledgeable about this man. And he explained to me all about bees. Like Dr. Alsus, Nuri, the character in the novel, carries a deep appreciation for beekeeping throughout Lefteri's novel. And thus we have the title of the story, The Beekeeper of Aleppo. And as the 
couple's journey from Syria to the UK is tracked, we have this growing story of, of different things, but beekeeping as well. The heart of the story, however, is not the odyssey across the Middle East and Europe, but it is the couple's relationship, says Left Terry. It's not really about whether they can get to the UK or whether they can stay in the UK. The story is about whether they can reach each other or not. And so it's this relationship, this husband and wife who had been so, had had a relationship, a very strong one. The man is, the husband is very much in love with his wife. His wife was an artist in Syria. She was quite a character, a passionate person, um, beautiful paintings. He, he describes that and she had sold her paintings at a, at a local market weekly uh, before she lost her sight. So here you have this woman whose whole, whose whole being and essence was painting and was seeing and then she loses her sight. So it's, and then their relationship of course changes and then there's the, the trauma of the war, they lose their child and, the, and at the beginning Afra refuses to leave. She doesn't want to leave Aleppo because that's where her, her son has been and that's where her son died until finally she agrees when she realizes that her husband's life is in danger and then they set out on this journey. That's the external journey, but the real story is the hus- the relationship, this is what the author is telling us, the relationship between this husband and wife that is so very broken. Lefteri subtly critiques media portrayals of refugees, asking the reader, us, the readers, to delve beyond the crisis imagery we often see. And this is really what fiction writers do. They take something real, they can take something from from the news and create a story about it and a story for a reason, with a point. In one scene at the port of Piraeus in Greece, uh, sorry, in, well, it's in Athens, there is, as Lefteri writes in her novel, a flash of light as a black object is pointed at Nuri. And he says, the character says in the story, a gun, my breath caught in my throat. I struggled to inhale, my vision blurred, my neck and face felt hot, my fingers numb. A camera. Nuri realizes that it hadn't occurred to the photographer that was trying to take his picture that he was taking a picture of a real human. And that's where we realize, we readers, through this character, this, through this little incident, that the photographer that is blithely going around taking pictures, he's probably a journalist and he's going to put this in a magazine, but the subject, Nuri, is a real person and a person who has been traumatized by what he's gone through. And when this photographer comes up to him and there's this black object and a flash of light, what does Nuri, who we realize as the story goes on, is is suffering very much from post-traumatic stress. It's not even, you know, the trauma is still there, but that, and this, and he's terrified with this flash and with this black object and all he can think of to him, this is a gun and they're finally going to kill him, but it was only a camera and a photographer. As a former psychotherapist and the daughter of Cypriot refugees, Lefteri is able to sensitively chart what it is like when war comes home. 
She is alert to the subtle effects of trauma and grief. Nuri and Afra are not broadly sketched as victims, but rather as two people, as two, a husband and a wife, who suffer in different and complex ways from PTSD, a condition that is not that often explored in literature beyond the accounts of veteran fighters or war correspondents. Nuri and Afra manage to escape their shattered hometown, but they cannot escape the memories that haunt them because as we all as human beings know, the memories are there in our heads and they don't go away no matter where we move to. You are lost in the darkness, Afra tells Nuri. This is the, blo- the, the wife who has lost her sight telling her husband. You are lost in the darkness, reminding us that even if she is the one who has lost her sight, he is even more cut off from his loved ones and himself by this trauma that he has gone through. Lefteri's slow-building narrative rarely veers into sentimentality or overwhelming bleakness. The novel records the details of the character's journey almost like a diary. And we have it through the eyes. This is, this is like the journal account of Nori, the husband, who is telling us the story. His love of beekeeping and his wife Afra's gift for art, interspersed with happier recollections of Syria, of Aleppo, of their days when their son was alive, when they had family, when they would meet every Sunday for dinner, every Saturday for dinner with the cousin, with their cousin and his family. These scenes offer a glimpse of the beauty that existed in their lives and was still going to be within their reach. By creating characters with rich, complex inner lives, Lefteri shows us that in order to stretch compassion to millions of people, which is very hard to do, it helps to begin with one or two. And this is the power of fiction. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy your summer reading and keep well. Thank you for listening to the Code St. Luke podcast today. We launched the podcast and telephone broadcasting service in March 2020. The idea was to get content from Parks and Recreation and the library into your homes using Zoom, telephone, and podcasts. If you enjoy the podcast, please give it a rating and review at Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. For more information about programs at the library, visit csllibrary.org. For information about the city of Cote St. Luke, visit CoteStLuke.org. Have a great day. 